So it's Ecclesiastes 7, verses 10 to 14. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. What's a little old granny? Um, thanks, um, thanks, Mom. Thanks, David, for leading us. Thanks, Amy. Um, I'm going to share a few thoughts uh, around what we finished with last week. We'll not, we'll not be able to go fully where. I would have maybe wanted to go, but we'll uh, we'll make a start. We I mentioned that we were going to talk a wee bit about nostalgia. Mum has read those those words about the old days being better than these. So the word nostalgia. There's going to be bonus points around the dinner your dinner table. There's extra dessert points for those who uh, who get this who remember this at lunchtime. Nostalgia broken down into two words. I think it was Paul. Paul told me this during the week. I think. We went looking at it. Uh, nostas. Actually, Philemon probably be able to tell us better than anybody. Nostas, good pronunciation. Um, meaning, what is it, return or home or what is it? Please don't tell me anything different from what I've written down here or this is, <laughs> this, we need to start again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so nostas is like well, it's like a, it's like a return, but like with that idea of home and the algos is like pain, it's like sore, yeah. So nostas is like the return, the longing for home, something like that. And uh, the other second half is this word algos, which means pain. So it's this feeling; it's almost this ache to go back to a place that we once were. This feeling to go back, a place that we long to go to. Again, as we think of all the generations that are in the room, I'm, uh, me and David realized this is now 2023, and next year, David couldn't believe this, took him a while to realize, next year we will be 40. Next year we will be 40. We're 39 this year, and next year we will turn 40. So sometimes the pain of wanting to be what, well, for me, I can't speak for David, but for what I once was, used to be that playing football was easy, like, play football all week and never felt any pain or ache at all. Times where you're like, long, I wish I could go back to those days. There's times where Katie woke me up at um, two o'clock this morning. Uh, she had a bad dream and she came into bed and I remember back to those days when sleeping was 
really easy. Like sleeping was, I was completely dictated. I was able to dictate my own sleep. It was an almost an ache at times that I could go back to that, go back to that place once again. But as we, as we mentioned last week, there's two, there's two things that can happen with nostalgia. One thing is that we can romanticize everything. We, we look back and we think those good old days, we romanticize them as bliss. And, um, and sometimes we, the problem with that type of nostalgia is uh, not what it remembers, but what it forgets. Um, and so I, as much as there's times where I would want to go back, there's a, there's a part of me like remembers all the good parts, but um, I, I've blocked out, I've managed to ignore all of those other things. And so when it comes to this idea of faith, like faith has been handed down. Uh, wisdom, mum's read those verses from the, from the teacher, from Kohalat, as he's called, and the author of this, uh, of Ecclesiastes. Um, it's an inheritance. Wisdom is an inheritance. It's accumulated, it's passed down. I've been thinking and reflecting on this idea of nostalgia, and it's great that all the generations are in the room, um, because sometimes faithfulness, to live a faithful Christian life, sometimes it can be confused with preserving the past. So I, I, and, I and I get it. So, like we sang, David let us in, I love you, Lord. And I, that is like, that's, that takes us back, doesn't it? For some of us in the room, that takes us back. Can't beat the good old songs. Um, but there's a part of us that we, we, we want to, we are, we're grateful for what we've inherited. We're, we don't want to preserve it. We don't want to stay where we were. Faithfulness can be confused with preserving where we've been, what's gone on, what's happened, rather than being thankful for it and then to use it to discern where the Spirit is now at work. That's, that's the place I think I'd love us to be, that we are, as we're all gathered today, no one generation has it all worked out. There's no one generation will ever have it all, have it all fully reconciled in their head. They'll never be perfect um, at living this Christian life. But I think what we can do is that we can um, be thankful for what we've inherited, be thankful for what has been handed down, but then use it to discern how we live now. Use what has been handed down in order to discern where the Spirit is restoring and reconciling now. We are part of a church network called Tabar. And the language that Alan and others often use is that we are a movement, not a monument. And for something, to use Alan's language, for something to be a movement, it has to keep moving. We want to be faithful. We want to celebrate where we've been. We want to celebrate and acknowledge and honor the stories of, that have been passed down. But we're not wanting to create a monument around them. We're wanting to be thankful for them and use it for these guys, for all of us all to be able to discern together where the Spirit is re restoring and reconciling now. Sometimes in church, I've been guilty of it. We've thought that there's been biblical ideas, biblical ideas that were timeless, timeless formulas to be performed in the same way everywhere and anywhere. And I want to suggest that that's not the case. And I think as we continue over the next number of weeks, we think of time, we go back to history, we think of all the different nations and cultures around the world, 
biblical, we can't just wrap up a biblical formula and say that it has to be, there's only one way to perform this. It has to be performed in the same way everywhere and at any time. And so with all of us in the room, with, from the youngest, from little Will to the oldest, um, we want to celebrate uh, what God has done. We want to celebrate for what has been, but we're wanting to recognize that discerning and listening for the Spirit is always new. I was thinking of Nigel, Amy's prayed for Nigel this morning. I was thinking, Nigel stood here last week and shared his story, he shared where he has been. And you could, re- you could stay there, you think, I've done well, look at where I've been, look at what I've done, and now somebody else can take up the baton and run. There's a part of Nigel that's heard again, he's discerned, uh, recognized, listened for the Spirit who is always doing something new. And, um, and so that's why I appreciate moments like this. We get to celebrate what God has done from every generation for what has been, but recognize that we continue together to discern and listen for the voice of the spirits. Mum read those verses, and the, I want to suggest that the, the writer of Ecclesiastes was not chastising, questioning, or curiosity. Whenever he's saying, do not say that the old days were better than these, he's not chastising the questioning or curiosity. He's, I think he's having a go at those who assume that the past was better. Again, we forget, when we look back, we forget how much we didn't know. If you go back, if you were to go back to the good old days, you'd miss out on all that you have inherited and all the wisdom and all the experience and all the growth that you have walked in. And so continuing in this series of stewarding our time and our treasure and our talent. We're wanting to continue to understand our past. We're wanting to um, face our future and live faithfully now as we consider time. The other side of the, the, other side of the coin when it comes to nostalgia, the negative side of nostalgia is shame. And sometimes we, uh, maybe we've been here, maybe for some of us in the room we are there, we find it difficult to imagine our future because of our past. We look back and it fills us with regret. It fills us with disappointment. Or even, like for me, just one, it must be one of the worst emotions. The worst feelings is, is shame and we can't imagine our future because of our past. And it, it, it has a serious, profound impact on how we live now. And so it's why it can be difficult. to. Sometimes we, get, we, we have these moments where we say that the past is behind us, the the Pentecostal preacher will get up and say the past is behind us and there's part of that is, that is right. But in many ways it's not. Some of what we've done, there's some of what we've experienced that in some ways informs. When we bury and suppress, I think it impacts our future because of shame. And um, me, me and Neville had the chance to be with a group of uh, people this week in Armagh, and one of those groups was an organization called Kintsugi. The whole idea is they're trying to bring beauty, find the beauty within the brokenness. And there's one of the ladies got up and shared about her group that, that she has led, that she has hosted, and the main thing, the main conversation, the main thing that has come up as they've went through this well-being course to find the beauty within the brokenness has been the, how shame has taken its hold and how shame has stunted growth, how shame has taken and people's joy and all of that 
And I think it affects, it affects every generation, this. Maybe our kids or our young people maybe wouldn't use the same language. But shame lives off the lies that you're not enough. Shame lives off the lies that, you'll, that you're too damaged. That you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. Whatever it is. Shame lives off that, whether you're the oldest in the room or the youngest. We want to we be able to address that. We want to be able to bring that before Jesus and say, Spirit, would you do something here? That's why partly we want to do things like tonight. We want to we worship. We want to create a space that we just pray over one another. We just long for the Spirit to come and bring restoration and reconciliation. Shame lives off all of those lies. Lives off the lies if only people knew. Horrible to be in that place. Stay in that place of regret and shame because we don't want people to know. Shame feeds off of that. And so we want to live up to our name. Challenging at times, we want to live up to our name. Grace Community Church, grace lives off the truth. Shame lives off the lies. Grace lives off the truth of the beauty and the wonder, the stunning wonder of God's mercy. And he is writing a new chapter. We've reflected on this, that it's important that you hear me say this. He's writing a new chapter. He's not, he has not scrumpled up the first draft and starting a new book. That's not what he does. He's writing a new chapter and he's taken all the pain. He's taken all the brokenness. He's using that and he's, he's using that to form you into someone who loves well and someone who is filled with joy and filled with peace. Take this picture up really quickly for me. Uh, Daniel, if you can, the old, the old picture, um, the original picture. Anybody remember this? As we be, still think around this theme of nostalgia. Spirograph. For some reason, I've been thinking about the spirograph. I think we must have had one because I felt this urge all week. I wish we had a spirograph because it would be like something therapeutic. I have even watched YouTube videos on people doing spirographs. Like, what a dull week. It was only well for a couple of days I found myself watching YouTube videos of spirographs. So this is the original. This is one of those moments where, like, they never even bothered to touch the original. The packaging's different. Put up the new one, Daniel. So they've, like, they've tried to fancy it up with, but essentially it's the same thing. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I thought it was really important, and I'm finishing with this, that life is not, life is not linear. Life, like, as in everything happens, and we all, we all, somebody has maybe been conditioned to have a dream, write down our ideal plans, um, and we just want life to be linear. And somebody's like, you wish it was that, that it was black and white, linear, everything just went in a straight line. I just say, watch these videos of the spirograph, sometimes that's what life can feel like. It can just like feel like round in circles, back in the same place, up and down, in and out. Um, and I just became to realize that growth, spiritual growth, is not linear. I'm, part of me felt relief for that. I don't know how that makes you feel, but part of me felt relief for that. Sometimes it feels like we're, we're, we mess up or we do something we thought we'd conquered. And we feel like we'll have to go back to the start. That's not the way it works. It's not linear. It's all it's it's all circles. It's all spirograph. Um, 
healing and wholeness. It's not linear as much as we want it to be. Setbacks matter as much as success. And um, I was thinking about this this week because I am a I'm a football fan. There's lots of football fans here, and for I'm sure every manager of all the football clubs that are represented, if you listen closely to their interview interviews at times over the last number of years, you'll hear them say, "Trust the process. Trust the process. That, that we're we're like we're getting beat. We're failing. Things aren't going the way that we planned. But trust the process." Because setbacks matter as much as the success. I tell that to Caleb often when he uh, playing rugby. Sometimes the big Belfast schools can put a few points against uh, some of the schools down locally here. And I'm always reminding them that's more important. You learn more in those moments. You learn more in those setbacks than you will in your success. And the beautiful thing is that God just God uses it all. God uses it all to mold us into more loving, um, joyful, uh, joy-filled, peace-carrying people. And so let me finish with these words from James Smith, speaking of uh, reflecting on the, the words of Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10 to 14. And, um, and then Amy's going to come and uh, come and think, close us out, unless you are. Uh, and then I'd love you to be back tonight if you can and some of this stuff that we're sharing that we're trying to unearth that we would just have space in the room just if you just want to find a corner of the room just to cry out to God you're going to find somebody two or three people just to rally around you in prayer let's, let's do that um, but just before I read this uh, during the week um, I don't have any de-icer in my car and I went down, went all the way down to the bottom of the hill, had nothing to get the ice off my windscreen. The only thing I had in my wallet was my Tesco club card. And so I began to scrape the ice off my windscreen with my Tesco club card, and I managed to get 10% off. Um, <laughs> here is counsel for mortals, for those who see the sun. Look at what God has done. There is an inexplicable mystery about it. Now listen to this. You couldn't have imagined your life. It's bends and pivots. It's zigs and zags. The crookedness of your unlikely life is not a failure. The crookedness of your unlikely life is not a failure. The wending paths aren't mistakes. The looping route that looked like it was going nowhere was a switchback climbing a mountain. The jagged line that is your story tracks the path of God's companionship and care. Who indeed can straighten what God has made crooked? And why would you wish it were straighter? Look what God has done that crooked line is one he drew with you. Um, See, I think that this series is just going to be a really good way to start off our year as we um, remind ourselves of 
just this, this idea that life isn't linear, growth isn't linear, and as we journey this together, that um, as Grace Community Church, as we journey this together as family, that this isn't um, what, what sometimes looks like from the outside a really straight path for someone else probably has a lot more swirls and twirls um, to it. And so I just want to, this is, um, um, Neil said there, and I just would like to leave us with this, shame lives off the lies that you're not enough, but grace lives off the truth. And so if you could carry one thing through your week, remember that um, grace lives off the truth of who God says that you are. So Father, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you um, that you are on this journey with us, <clears throat> that you know um, you know the, the valleys that are coming ahead that have been in the past, and you know the peaks as well. And that regardless of where we feel like we are, regardless of what that looks like for each of us, <clears throat> you are in the midst with us. You are there with us. You are walking beside us. And at times you even carry us. And so God, whatever that looks like for each of us, we just recognize your presence where we are. We thank you that you're walking with us. You're not letting us stop where we're at, but you're walking with us as we continue to journey <clears throat> together, as we continue to learn who you are more, to learn who you see we are more, and as we learn to do this in community and to love one another as we love you. So God, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.